Hello and welcome to Ismanis a podcast. I am one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with someone who makes my eyeballs throw up. Josh Hemo. You know, I'm glad it's not just you that happens. I thought it was just, you know, unique that this happened to you, but I realized it happens to everyone. People were just weren't telling me that it happened behind my back. So What? What and I'll talk about it later. Yeah. Uh anyways, this is our podcast where we watch an episode of SpongeBob and discuss little life lessons that we learn along the way and have some fun so uh to get us started we're going to look at some donation links my link this week is called blackwomenexhale.com it's a mutual aid group in new york city that helps black women so go click on it there's actually a thing on their page that says don't click on this and you click on it and it's cash apps to all these black women who need help so (laughs) it's good marketing nice so uh josh uh what do you have this week uh this week i have something similar I think it was last week's. I can't remember now when we took that week break and my brain's all fried. Um, but it's called Safe and Sound Santos. So it's like the same thing with the dog project. So it's just another organization that does basically the same thing that uh, the Sato project does. Um, again, just saving or bringing dogs over from Puerto Rico and giving them homes here. Uh, and I found this one. I think they work in conjunction with the Sato project and that's how I found them. So just trying to branch out, find the same kind of organizations and stuff like that. Nice. Um, so those are your donation links for the week. So throw your money at them. And meanwhile, we're going to watch Season 5, Episode 9, The Krusty Sponge, and sing a song of Patrick. Act 1, The Krusty Sponge. Um, so in this act, a food critic decides to stop by the Krusty Krab, and SpongeBob is extremely nervous, and everyone is very nervous about it. And in his review, he basically says the, the Krusty Krab's a gross place, service is horrible, but that SpongeBob knows what he's doing behind the grill, and that if Mr. Krabs knew it was good for him, he would up the sponginess of the Krusty Krab. So to make money, Mr. Krabs obviously makes the Krusty Sponge, which is a SpongeBob-centric Krusty Krab. And he basically sells SpongeBob until things get out of hand. Um, so to start us off, Josh, um, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you get nervous when you're being scrutinized at your job? Like, not scrutinized, like, in the terms of, like, oh, is he doing it right? But, like, critique, like, oh, the, the artistic endeavors of Josh Hemo. <laughs> I don't know what that's like anymore. I don't have memories of that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I wrote that down. I, like, that's something to, like, I wanted to ask you, too. And it's good discussions, like, at what points in your work do you feel more pressure? Like, what is it like a critic? Is it like a director coming in? Like, it's interesting to think about when you feel the most pressure and that's when you decide to put the more work into it. So I guess for me, it depends on the director I'm working with. If I really want, if they're like a good friend of mine, I really want them to be happy or whatever. Like, yeah, I'll feel more pressure about how they feel. Or if like an artistic director comes in and watch something for the first time, like, working for a company for the first time then I feel more pressure but I always like feel like I give myself the most pressure like I'm always mm-hmm. hype it up more than my head than it ever needs to be um like I always go in something more stressed and then ends up being fine compared to how it actually turns out how about so do you? you think you focus more or less uh what do you mean like do you focus more or less when uh 
when like you're being like critiqued. Like SpongeBob, like it didn't seem like he was ready to make a burger yeah. at all. I guess because like I know for me, it's yeah. it's very much like I feel like sometimes there's like a small sliver of the middle where it's like where I don't care at all that someone's watching what I'm doing. Yeah, and I care way too much. There's a small sliver where I care just enough that like I'm on like my A game. Yeah. You yeah, know? I guess that's yeah. I probably do focus. I think I would focus a little bit more. I would say if I knew someone was watching, because it, that's it. If there's there, there's no one there like actually critiquing me, then again, it's just myself doing it. So mm-hmm. and then I can deal with my own self-critic, hateful thoughts in my head, where <laughs> it's different having someone else there watching you. Uh, so I want to bring out one a very early moment on in the episode where um, is that person asked like, if I get some kelp fries, will you share them with me? Yeah. Just two and then strangers. ends up getting two, <laughs> two orders when they're like, yeah. no. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel when I order food sometimes where I'm like, hmm, I really want mozzarella sticks, but I'm lactose intolerant, so I probably shouldn't eat all of them. And I'm like, is anyone else mo- mozzarella sticks? And they're like, no, we're good. And I'm like, God, now I got to eat all eight mozzarella <laughs> you still sticks order by it. myself. Yeah. <laughs> the one that really threw me in the very beginning of this act that I just feel like I got glazed over so fast was that thousand yard stare. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then like Mr. Krabs is like, oh, it's back in me service days. <laughs> yeah. And then you just hear the gun noises. It's like bombs falling. Yeah. 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 It was like we've kind of alluded to this before, but like this like unnamed war that Mr. Krabs was a part like a part of. Yeah. Must have been real dark. We never go into it. Now maybe we'll get an episode where we go into it. But Probably not. It's too dark. Too dark happens. No, we just had like the episode with all his war buddies that all needed to be in touch with their emotions. Yeah. And that was it. But like Mr. Krabs being the true capitalist was like, I don't care if you have PTSD <laughs> about whatever. It's, it's fine. <laughs> just we're losing money. You need to get back to, to the grill. But my favorite is like, like Squidward's like, I don't give a f- who you are like critiquing or anything. Like, you're just annoying me. He has, like, a really, like, nice couple lines in this entire thing mm-hmm. where he's like, in or out, mister, you're letting out the AC. <laughs> Which, honestly, is is good. It's good for the environment. That's uh, one thing that I had for a small lesson was uh, keep the door closed uh, when you're running your AC so that way you're not wasting wow. all that good AC and that energy. That's a stretch for a lesson you pulled out of this one. That's good. I like That's it. That's not a stretch. I don't know how you got AC out of all of this. Out of the entire episode, you got an AC lesson, and but that's good. I like it. I like it. We're just at the like beginning it. of the act, all right? <laughs> There's a lot more. I'm kind of going chronological order. We, we've done this. I know we took one week off to reset our sleep schedules, but we've done this before. <laughs> I'm building. I just wasn't expecting it. <laughs> Um, oh, and the other one was, do you want to order something or are you just blocking my reading light? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then finally, my favorite one was, the only thing my life depends on is going home at 6 o'clock, which I think deserves to be on a t-shirt. Yeah, definitely. I think good for Squidward, again, for sticking up for his like rights as a worker, needing to go home and not deal with Mr. Crab. <laughs> uh, so tell me, what do you think about Gene Scallop? He's a critique extraordinaire. It's pretty fancy. And he's he's really good at like weaving words together. That his entire like his, my favorite thing was how he reviewed the Krusty Krab and like it was all like his fancy wording and like that. It was like very his, good. Like, I like puns it. And sh- yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. Um 
But, you know, I think he uh, he probably hit the nail on the head exactly how I picture the Krusty Krab, probably smelling like garbage and whatever. And the only th- the good thing is the food. Because we talked about it before. There's not really any good ambience or like environment at the Krusty Krab. It's all about the mm-hmm. food there. That's actually one of my small lessons was uh, if a critic says your food's good, but everything else sucks, maybe you should try working on the everything else. I, I, you're good with the I also food. got the like flip side though. Like sometimes good food can save a restaurant. You know, like mm-hmm. just think about food trucks. There's no like ambience there, but like, is the food's really good? Like people are gonna go to that food truck no matter how like ghetto it looks. There is at a food truck. You go for the food truck. You know what I'm saying? I guess so. And some food trucks are fancy. They have like cool designs on the side. They have the was it the Cash App Square thingy that rotates both ways? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Compared to like the food truck that just like writes everything on paper and makes you pay in cash. There's ambiance. There you go. Food yeah, trucks. I guess I was wrong. <laughs> Good. That's all I wanted you to yeah. say. <laughs> a lot of nice little animation moments. I yeah. think the the thousand yard stare is pretty cool. But also when SpongeBob serves that patty, mm-hmm. the way his eyes like shrink are really interesting. And also uh his little I'm like I wish I could have just like that little hat tip he does. Yeah. And then just like he slides out. And all his he just little, like slides out of frame. All those little close-ups they had in his window, which they've done a couple times this season. I'm liking that they're reusing that because it's some of my favorite looks of a SpongeBob that we've seen. I have like a theory in my brain about uh, Gene Scallop's coworkers. Mm-hmm. So Mike, <laughs> I'm convinced that Barbara and Gene are married, and Bob is fucking Barbara. Weave this tale for me exactly how you came to this. So when they when they show up, yeah. Uh, Barbara's all like, and there were no survivors. And <laughs> the that kittens. picture of puppies, yeah. which is another super dark joke inside this this uh, act. But then, <laughs> and then she's like, "Over to you, Bob." And he's like, "Thanks, Barbara." And it's all like sensual and stuff. And then Gene, <laughs> Gene's like, "Thanks, Bob." And then he waits and he goes, "You're welcome, Gene." He like <laughs> like deliberately steps on Gene's line. So mm-hmm. it, I, it made me think of like this weird, like, like cuckolding, like uh, oh, there's like triangle a... situation. That's good. I like that. It made it more interesting. Cause I, uh, like, otherwise it's just like Barbara and Bob are just assholes. Well, I don't think people like Barbara though. Squidward said that she was tacky. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. Maybe Squidward knows the beats. Maybe he's I in it too. May... It's a love square instead of a love triangle. Ooh, that'd be good. <laughs> and that's why Squidward was rude to uh, Gene the second he walked in. So another thing that I wanted to bring up was the way this feels very identical to how Nickelodeon treats SpongeBob as an yeah. entity. Mm-hmm. Um, especially he says you can never have too much sponge. So the entire time I was just thinking about like, is is this like the animators like having a slash like writers having like a dig at Nickelodeon that they're just like constantly and constantly making SpongeBob because they know that SpongeBob is the is the Cash money cow. maker? Yeah, I saw a TikTok not too long ago, I guess back in season four, um, about this episode and see people were talking about that. Like, they're like, it's crazy that Nick that SpongeBob made an episode about how Nickelodeon treats it as an entity, and it is kind of crazy. I mean. I think the biggest teller of that is what happened last year when, or this year, when they used SpongeBob to represent like the LGBTQ community mm-hmm. out of nowhere, and just like, I was like, nah, you can't just throw your one of your mascots at this just to be inclusive. Like, it doesn't doesn't work that way. 
Mickey Mouse is gay now. Have have fun. <laughs> Uh, ignore his wife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I really like Squidward in the mascot outfit this entire episode. Um, I actually one of my small lessons was design your mascots with the wearer in mind because he couldn't use his hands <laughs> and he just fucking slaps that little kid with his like limp <laughs> yeah. noodle arms. <laughs> For some reason, I don't know. Have you ever seen what is that movie called? The Thief and the Cobbler. It's like an old animated movie. No, I haven't. Oh, it's the animation's very good. Uh, but something about the way Squidward was, because it was just like very expressionate through his eyes, reminded me of that movie. So I don't know if anyone else has seen that movie out there, but let me know if you uh if you agree with me with that. That's true. I didn't really notice that he does have very like expressive like looks. Yeah, because it was just eyeballs. showing his eyes the entire time. Yeah. Uh, where do you think uh, Squidward got a mole removed from? Uh, definitely they, they glazed over it real quick. So. It's probably his cheeks. You think so? Or maybe something more intimate. <laughs> Whatever the squid version. Or is it like a, his little, a cloaca? His, his it's got to be a cloaca or something like his that. His little tentacle. His little tentacle? Yeah. <laughs> more like his big tentacle. You know what I'm hey. saying? Hey. <laughs> so of all like the SpongeBob paraphernalia that Mr. Krabs gets, mm-hmm. is there any that you had as a favorite? <laughs> I kind of like the train, honestly. I know the train was the most f***ed up part of everything he got, but it was kind of cool to see like a whole SpongeBob train situation going on outside. So my favorites are probably between the SpongeBob gavel, just because I liked how it was designed, <laughs> and the crusty sponge napkins. Oh yeah, those the, remind me of those like birthday party napkins you get in like the packet, like uh, Walmart or some. Yeah, but somehow they seemed better. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> like. If I saw real life SpongeBob napkins, I'd be like, eh. But the ones like they designed there just looked slightly cooler. I don't know why. I can't put my finger on it. Mm. Also, I really like the mild Bobby sauce. The sauces were pretty cool. Yeah. Mr. Krabs really pulled out all the stops for all this. I was impressed like how much he swung into this whole SpongeBob thing. I mean, I guess it made him a ton of money, so it paid off, but it just was odd to see Mr. Krabs throw a bunch of money at like a gimmick. Yeah, and like I mean, he did exactly what Gene said, which was sponge it up, sponge it out. He would oversponge. <laughs> just, just weird. I yeah. just thought that was a weird. Like you said, a lot of like the fra- uh, phrasing. Another one I wrote down was "tintillated my taste buds, gratified my gullet." Just they're just slightly odd. They're uncomfortable, but also cool at the same time. But maybe that's how he gets his. That's how he keeps his job. As a food critic on TV, you got those uh, spicy words that everyone loves. So let's talk about the most f***ed up part of this whole thing, besides the fact that, you know, Spongebob was, I mean, Squidward at the very end was being whipped to... Oh, that's why I wrote was the most f***ed up part, was the slave labor that he sold Squidward into. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The second most f***ed up, I guess, would be that he feeds people rotten patties that he knows are (laughs) rotten. And why do rotten patties turn into Spongebob yellow? You know what I'm saying? He did no extra doctoring. It was just like, this automatically looks like Spongebob (laughs) when they're done. I have a headcanon for this, but... Oh, go for it. (laughs) It involves, I don't know, I I sent you the video, but if any of you want any f***ed up animation on YouTube, Meat Cannon (laughs) is a pretty great (laughs) animator. But he just did one where they just, the patties are made out of pieces of Spongebob. And that's what this reminded me of. Like the spoiled patties are pieces of SpongeBob, and it was like turned rotten, and that's what turned people into SpongeBob, like weird SpongeBob creatures. It was odd. It was just very weird to see. It's 
kind of creepy and sensual. Yeah. In a messed up way. Yeah. In addition to that is the fact that he charges them a whole dollar more <laughs> for the spoiled a, pla- uh, yeah. patty. And it reminded me so much because I had McDonald's the other day. Because Fatima always asked me, like, what's the difference? I don't know the difference between a double cheeseburger and a McDouble. And I said, one slice of cheese. At least that's how I, I've been told it's, you know, meat, cheese, cheese, uh, meat, cheese. You know, it's like double meat, double cheese on yeah. a cheese, double cheeseburger. But on a McDouble, it's just meat, cheese, meat. So, but apparently McDonald's that quantifies an entire dollar extra is that one slice of cheese. <laughs> and I'm sure there's some reason for it. Is the so that's mi- how is, I felt when I watched this. Is the McDouble more expensive than double cheeseburger? No, the McDouble's cheaper. It's like huh. one ninety nine, at least in in New York, it's yeah. one ninety nine, and it's two ninety nine for a double cheeseburger, which I think is silly. But I'm sure, like, if you count in labor costs, et cetera, et cetera, putting <laughs> the that whole extra, extra cheese second does it takes, cost a dollar, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it makes your drive through times like that much slower. Mm-hmm. But uh, one the part was when he. They all yell at SpongeBob. They're like, "We didn't pay three dollars to watch you take a nap." But that close up—that's another good close up. Is they close up on his face and he's like crying on the train. I was like, "This is f-ed up. This is sad." Um, one final small lesson that I had for the for this act was that law is pointless and money is what rules the world. Because that judge was about to rightfully sentence Mr. Krabs to whatever fate he was gonna endure, and then Mr. Krabs was like, "Hey, I I can give you a deal." You can ride the little SpongeBob train. And I will sell Squidward into slave labor for you, and you can whip him to ride a fucking train. This is just like, what the? F- <laughs> Time for the bubble break. bubble break. So, Josh, since we have to add to our Joshie's Place and Ohm Zone franchise, um, I think it was fitting to talk about what mascots we would have. Yeah. Um, for our personal brands, um, since they're <laughs> integrated into this conglomerate. Yeah. Um. God. So, I, <laughs> I want know where you to go in. Just take a couple moments to think of what, like, you know, not cartoon character, but what mascot you'd have. Um, and I can go first because I think you you probably have to think about it for yeah. So for me, I think mine would be like a big oversized version of my head. <laughs> um, and then. Just like whatever clothes I'm wearing the day that they happen to design the costume. Um, Explain why? Then, why that? Why is it an oversized version of your head? Why is that the mascot? Because you know it's it's got to be big and goofy, so you got to have a big old head. Okay. So that way, like <laughs> it, like it's mostly head than body. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's the kind of situation I want. And then, um, <laughs> what he gives out, he like gives out people lactate pills. <laughs> And uh, it, like can always tell you where the nearest bathroom is. <laughs> That's his only role within the franchise. When he's at Elm Zone, yeah. When he's when he's not taking pictures with kids, he's like, <laughs> like bathroom this way, fellas. And then like he leads people to the bathroom. That's pretty and good. That's not bad. He, he goes to the pizza area <laughs> of Joshi's place and throws lactate pills at everyone. <laughs> and you get a lactate pill, and you get a lactate pill. <laughs> I wonder if that's dangerous for con- like consumption like if i threw a bunch of lactate pills at a child <laughs> children and they picked them up and they eat them would i be liable for that we gotta look into that if we're gonna a, integrate we'll get our lawyers um, on that the the omar mascot into the franchise if our lawyers are listening go ahead and uh look that up for us and get back to us about that 
Yeah, fill us later. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Josh? Uh, what's your what's your mascot look I like? I guess I think I'd have to do the go the opposite way. If you're gonna do a big head, I'll do like giant feet, like giant clown feet. <laughs> um and then like huh. Like big goofy like hair, because my hair does get like pretty goofy if I don't fucking do anything with it. Like right now it's pretty <laughs> ridiculous. I like it. It's like a double ended like clown thing. thing. So have... Yeah. Yeah. Um I don't know what would be the gimmick though. What would my person do? Hmm. What do you want them to do? I don't know. Have them do whatever you want. Maybe that's their gimmick. They'll do whatever the f- you want. <laughs> <laughs> They're willing to do anything for a price. Yeah, that's how we get born money into the business. Yep. <laughs> so so that mascot has to do whatever people say, obviously consensually. But they have to be, they make a deal and then they make 20% commission off of it. You get little coupons. Joshi plays coupons that you can give to the mascots. Like you can do one free thing and they keep them in their shoe. They put them in little coupons in their shoe and go off and, and do whatever you want. Their shoes are just full of coupons. Yeah. It's like a don't ask, don't tell situation. They'll do whatever you ask, whatever, just for the money. It's fine. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Joshi's place. Can I take your order? Oh, yeah, I'm going to have this, this, this. Oh, I have a coupon. Oh, let's bring out Josh. <laughs> let's bring then. Josh. And then, like this, this clown person comes this out, giant clown-looking thing. And then they're they're like, "What can I do for you?" It's just a a poor teenager dressed in your clothes. And then and then they killed my wife. <laughs> like I can't. another one of these requests. I've done three of these today. And then that's when Omar comes by, and he's like, "I see you're getting the pizza." And then I just throw lactate pills. That's at their how you children. killed a wife. Is <laughs> that so you throw oh. the lactate pills and she overdoses on lactate? Yeah. Well, I guess we just ordered it. We just added it canonically a whole murder addition to our uh, our franchise. An, an what assassination. A t- what a twist. Of- Who would have thought that that's <laughs> this beautiful restaurant thing we said would have had a murder aspect to yeah. it? This pure restaurant concept where we, <laughs> where we try to make like the most cheesy restaurant and this very pure boutique hotel chain came together to create a bounty hunter like service <laughs> listen for everyone everyone got needs so you want food you want to be pampered you want your wife murdered come on down to joshi's place we got something for everyone and we don't just kill wives we kill whoever you want <laughs> whatever you want but you need one of those coupons <laughs> and that's what we do we make the coupons really hard to get we do them like a you know how like monopoly at mcdonald's Maybe you could do that with the lactate pills. There's like a certain code at the back of the lactate pills. So if you collect enough and you get the secret. It's like a golden ticket. Yeah. Golden <laughs> so lactate. you have to keep finding the right lactate. Wow. I hope this happens. I hope this happens I, in my lifetime. <laughs> I hope it doesn't. Act two. Sing a song of Patrick. So, uh, pretty simple. Patrick ends up entering a poem songwriting contest. And his song is so awful that it kills the band he that records it and ends up basically destroying Bikini Bottom. Um, but Patrick and SpongeBob are really oblivious to this and end up just causing more and more problems until the town basically riots and tries to uh, destroy Patrick until he writes his new song, Arg, which saves his life. Because it's not as sort bad. Of. Sort of. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty... Uh, Short and or kind of a short, simple episode, but still really, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, so Omar, I want to ask you, 
apart from the power of having to kill things, what would the power, what song, what, what power would your song have if you can have a superpowered song? Hmm. Am I trying to? Okay, so Patrick's song inflicted great pain like, and death. Great pain. Am <laughs> I more along the lines of a villainous? It's up to thing? you. What do you want? Are you writing? What kind of song are you writing? I want a song that will make people orgasm. Oh, okay, that's good. <laughs> so that it's a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. <laughs> is it uncontrollable or is it just like one per listen? I think it's one per listen because I think multiple would probably kill some people, and I'm not really down for that. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm <laughs> wow. sure some people will die anyways because they'll be in the car or something. Um, what kind of orgasms yeah, I, do you have that you die if you're in a car having an orgasm? I'm just saying, if I was driving in the car and like uh, I was driving and a song came on and I instantly orgasmed, I think I it would distract me from my driving. That's, I'm yeah, sure that okay. that would lead a chain of reactions. <laughs> yeah. Right. So. And it, there are some people out there, you know, they're crazy. That's true. So I want that because it's like, it can be the worst possible thing to happen and the best thing to happen at the same time. That's good. I like it. So what about yours? <laughs> um, man, well, I'm just thinking about a song that makes people orgasm now. Uh, I think if I had to pick one, it would be like uh, songs that can make you instantly like fall asleep. And I think I saw a lot of people who have like problems sleeping. Like sometimes I'll listen to music. Like in my Spotify 2020 always has lo-fi beats as my number one hit or genre. I was like, why is this? And I realized like sometimes I just leave it on while I sleep. And that's why I was like, if I had one song that could put me to sleep, I wouldn't have to worry about that. So um, that one good. thing that I saw for someone's Spotify 2020 was the fan noise. Oh, <laughs> their number one song was fan my God. noise. Can you imagine? <laughs> Because they used to listen to it all the time. When download sleep. an app. <laughs> yeah, I figure you could just download a white noise yeah. app. But maybe it's specific fan, like a box fan, SR twenty forty or something. Specifically on Spotify, exclusively yeah. on Spotify, just like this podcast. Not exclusively on Spotify, but you can definitely find <laughs> us there. <laughs> um. So, uh, I wanted to ask you also. It's kind of weird at the top of this episode because Sp- Patrick seems really like involved in reading this comic book. But then, like, it turns out that he can't even read. So I'm like, what was he so in, like enamored with with this like comic book? Well, you have to for- you kind of forget, Josh, that comic books are a visual medium as well. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, maybe he just likes the pictures of people getting punched and saving the day, et cetera, et cetera, <laughs> or whatever things that happen in the comic books that he picks. But my question is, why does he eat them? I don't know. It's that's a good, maybe that's I don't know it it, it it didn't make any sense to me I tried to like rationalize it but no matter what I did I was like none of this makes sense but I do like he's like nothing satisfies out. like a good story I was like that's good and that was like a good little lesson that like a good book is always good something I don't follow I don't read because I don't know how to read so I just got really bad at reading ever since school stopped I think the ADHD kicked in and I stopped being able to read I had to read a a contract today and it was very bad i had to read the eight, same paragraph eight times because <laughs> my brain just shut off in the middle of it jesus because partly because it was in written in legal jargon and then the other part of it was probably like well the dog's running next to me so let me check it out um but one thing that really annoyed me was the comic book 
seller, owner, whatever you want to say, employee. Yeah. Because that's a fucked up comic book shop that one, Patrick ate a whole comic book, did not get kicked out, right? SpongeBob didn't even steal any comic books. He just had them all stacked up like he was going to buy them. And then he was like, oh, are you going to buy those? And then he just kicked them out because his arms fall off. <laughs> maybe like, Patrick paid ahead for the comic book because he was going to eat it. Maybe, but person. it's still gatekeeping. It is still gatekeeping. It's <laughs> not let, great. Let them have their comic books. <laughs> you wonder why no one else wants to read that issue of X-Men. Also surprised that he was letting people read comic books. I feel like there's a lot of policies in stores where it's like, you got to buy it before you can read it. Yeah, they're like sealed. He's a big in. stickler. And he wasn't a stickler about that. I could never get into comic books because it's like, it's kind of like watching a TV show. You have to commit to it. Yeah. And you have to sit down and watch it. Well, the comic it, book commitment least... is so long. There's so many. Like, yes. there's been times I'm like, oh, I kind of want to read the Batman comics because I Batman's like the only universe that I really care about. But I'm like, where do I start? And I don't know if I had the patience to actually go back years and years and years to look at those fucking comic and, books. And not even that. So like they sell like the comic book books where it's like all of all the issues in one book. Yeah. But I have a hard time still with books because I'm like, okay, now that I'm done with this book, am I going to go back and read it? Probably not. Because for me, like for me, the most enjoyable part of the book is finding out what happens and then being done with it mm -hmm. and not like watching it or like reading it again. Yeah. Because then I, I don't, I think that's a subculture of comic yeah. books, though, that I don't also don't understand is the collectible part of it. And that's why people read it and they keep them and they have this whole collection and stuff. And it's not about rereading it. It's just that they have it. And that's like, I guess, again, we've talked about it. I don't like I'm not a big collector of stuff. So maybe that's why I don't understand it as much. My brother just started collecting Pokemon cards. It's kind of crazy. He's like, I bought this box for $90 and I sold it for 160 and Wow. A holographic Charizard <laughs> is more. But I found out that I have a, a McChamp. McChamp. Never solidified how to say that. <laughs> I'm a champ. A holographic McChamp that came in the starter pack, the original one, still in its original plastic, and it can be work, worth up to $500. Nice. You going to sell it? Probably not. I was never one to sell it, but like my brother was like, this could be a PSA 10, which is a rating system for cards, apparently. Yeah. And I was like, man. Younger Omar took care of his <laughs> One thing I do want to bring up was inaudible lad. Yeah. What do you think his powers are? Is just him was like that uh nerd being like, hey, I wish inaudible lad was here to make this person shut up. Or you're not quiet like inaudible lad. I like to think that it's a superpower to make people silent. Like as soon as they're talking, he just like snaps his finger and they're just silent. And they never talk again? Yeah. That'd be kind of scary. <laughs> it's like Ursula. That's like one of those, <laughs> like, I have a good, <laughs> like Ursula. I have one of those things, like, it's one of those powers that are good for, like, maybe everyday life just to be annoying to people. Yeah. Or to be mean to, like, strangers on the street. But, like, not really good for anything else, like fighting anyone or doing anything like that. Like, you could just, like, imagine... You have a really <laughs> boss, and you just snap your fingers, and he stops talking, and then he goes to the hospital and racks up <laughs> medical bills as they try to figure out what's wrong with his his vocal cords, and then you just snap your fingers again, and they come back. You know what I'm saying? I guess, like, yeah. Not not good enough to to overthrow governments, but good enough to ruin someone's life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's more important, I think, in the long run. <laughs> I mean, on a day to day basis. Yeah, that's true. Like. You're not stopping any terrorist attacks. 
you know, but you're but you're helping you're helping the world somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I want to ask you what you thought that your uh, your thought smell is. Apparently, thought, uh, Patrick's thought smell smells like garbage. Or, I couldn't tell. I was very unclear. I just was very clear that it was spelled very bad. And by the look of that envelope, it just looked like a load. I also was trying to think what my thought smell would sound like, uh, smell like, and I have no idea. Yeah, it's a weird thing, right? <laughs> it's just the thought of thoughts smelling like anything freaks me out. <laughs> but like, I still probably wouldn't be able. It'd be like the, you know how like uh, static electricity feels. Yeah, that's, that's what it smells like. <laughs> what? <laughs> don't don't try to unpack it. It's just. <laughs> That's just how that's how I feel about it, and that's how it's gonna be. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Patrick said something that I really like too was signs that fall from the back Static of your pants. Static electricity spells. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm telling no, you, yeah, stop no, thinking about not, it. I can't. But now I'm thinking about it, and it smells like static electricity in my room now. It's awful. <laughs> Uh, but like I said, I really like Patrick saying that signs that fall from the back of your pants. I learned to trust signs like that. Yeah, that one was also one of those things where I was like, I don't get that, but I like it. There's a lot of randomness in this episode. This is like it was like a fun little episode. It's simple, but there's so much random that happens. It was like it's kind of crazy. I mean, even we can get to the song eventually, but like it, the song itself was just completely random. The whole dodgeball side storyline that we have going on was just like, <laughs> what the hell. <laughs> And apparently it's so traumatic, and, but Patrick's too dumb to realize that it's like he got hit with dodgeballs not because he said a poem, but it's because he it's, said a poem at the wrong gym time. Gym class or something like that, yeah. Um, I do think that the side storyline of them actually recording the song is nuts because he's like, cookie, wookie, teddy bear, and then they're all like, I hate my life. And <laughs> the guy's like, I hate your life, too. And... Then they write the song and they fucking die. Yeah. <laughs> Writing a playing a song and it ends up being a song that like murders uh, uh, assumingly an entire city of yeah. people. And God knows how else how far like that radio station outreach. There's like fishes in rock bottom who are dying. Um <laughs> what do you think the equivalent song-wise in our lifetime has been to like this very awful song? I don't think there is an equivalent. I think there, you know I think saying? I thought of one Go that like it. just got a lot of flack. And I think Friday by Rebecca Black. Not a, it's not on her that it was that bad. I think it was on the recording company, but I think it was like on the level of people who are like I can't listen to this anymore. This is burning my brain and it's like just so awful. Just how much flack is, it got. The thing is it was like still meme-worthy. Like you could even if you hated it you're like haha like Friday I get it. Haha. Uh, like you could get away with it, right? This like actively <laughs> started a riot. There are only three known people in the entire SpongeBob universe who like this song: SpongeBob, Patrick, and that old man. That's the <laughs> which I still have no idea why specifically he's okay with it. Maybe he can't there's hear. only those three people. <laughs> Good. Then maybe that's the only reason. Yeah. <laughs> because the other guy, he's like his ears. I didn't know they could turn inside out like that. The guy at the radio station lost his career because two punk kids played a record that melted his brain. Well, the other dude, like, before the they way. died, his eyes literally melted out of his skull. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. 
I do want to say that I do like the name of the radio station, mm-hmm. uh, K-Blub <laughs> or K-B-L-U-B. I don't know how they're intending to, to say it, but uh, I really like that. Um, another weird moment that, two weird moments that I wanted to bring up because I want to make sure that people can, can know they exist is Spongebob. He's like, oh, I got those x-ray specs in the comic book. And I I was trying to see through skin, but I only saw through clothes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I thought was a nice little adult joke that was peppered in there. And then the other one that my brain just like put together was Patrick's like he jumps on top of SpongeBob so they can climb this tower, right? But in like the moments where he jumps on top of SpongeBob, I really thought he had SpongeBob had gone up Patrick. Yeah, that's what it looked like <laughs> until he popped up. Yeah. Especially since we just had that episode where Squidward <laughs> like inside. inside Spongebob. Yeah, like in that hentai that they're throwing in there. <laughs> well, this is like very much like holes. I got the whole vibe. It's like you got to carry the Manam Zeroni up the mountain. It was like you got to carry Patrick up this big <laughs> antenna. <laughs> Let's talk about this song. Mm-hmm. Twinkle, twinkle, Patrick star. I made myself a sandwich. My mommy named it Fred. It tastes like beans and bacon and it smells like it's been dead. Writing stuff is hard, so I use a pointy pencil and then pointy a bunch of times. P.U., what's that horrible smell? Drum solo. I have a head, it ends at a point. More pointy points. Pointy, pointy. <laughs> this song is over except for this line, you win this round broccoli. Beautiful. Right? Even for Incredible. a SpongeBob <laughs> even for a SpongeBob song. What the f- that's what I'm saying. Like, it's so random. None of that is coherent or whatever. Like, maybe if you're on some crazy acid trip and just f***ed up out of your mind, like, maybe this can make some sort of sense. But, you know... Like, <laughs> the first part, it feels right. Yeah. Like, Twinkle Twinkle Patrick Star, cool, that goes, like, that harkens back to when he's, like, roses are blue, violets are red. I was like, nice. I made myself a sandwich. Dumb. Cool. I get it. My mommy named it Fred. Weird. All right. It smells like beans and bacon. Still talking about the sandwich, so that kind of makes sense. And then it smells like it's been dead. Something that rhymes with Fred. I get it. But then writing stuff is hard, so I use a pointy pencil. And then all the everything after that is just like weird. And then the drum solo is actually pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. The music's actually very solid. It's just the lyrics that are just I mean, nightmares. The music should be solid. These people died for their art. <laughs> yeah, they were pretty good. Um, I do like the small economy of riots. They're like, oh, uh, with your torches, get them while they're hot. Yeah. And then their pitchforks, they stick a fork in it. But then that guy trying to sell the cotton candy. No, I would have taken cotton candy. You got you to gotta stay. You got to have food. You got to have nutrients to keep the riot going, right? I don't know yeah, how much gotta, nutrients is in cotton candy, but that sugar got to fill you a little bit, right? <laughs> that sugar rush. You're just like going ape on a cop car, flipping it over. <laughs> All thanks to that cotton, cotton candy. Yeah. It's like cotton. Can you make? I was just thinking. Can you make meth out of cotton? Like, can you make cotton candy meth? If anyone out there can answer that question, please email us at isminisapodcast at gmail dot com. Like, you got it right. You gotta be able to lace it. You could probably. Well, I mean, you could probably make cotton candy and put meth in it, or LSD, or like something in it, right? Mm-hmm. Can you consume okay. meth? Can you yeah. eat it? We need to know more about meth. We don't know enough about meth. But I'm thinking <laughs> about cocaine. Okay, cocaine's a powder. Yeah. Sugar's a powder. You're telling me that you can put them together and make a cocaine cotton candy? One second. 
One second. This has to be real. Someone's had to already do this, right? We're about to find out. If you mix cocaine with sugar, you probably make traffic across. Oh. There's a YouTube link. <laughs> oh, this is not useful at all. Uh, I guess you could. I mean, according to this, like, it's possible. Because it's just, like, liquid sugar that you're just, like, making into the strings. Or strings. Yeah, and then you just throw the coke on it. <laughs> like a sprinkle. <laughs> like uh, a sprinkle exactly like a sprinkle so uh before we go to the Wumbo <laughs> lesson what small lessons did you get for this act this bad oh crazy God. act find the right things that inspire you i think like patrick had a really hard time finding inspiration and that can be really tough like i don't know sometimes when we do the podcast it's hard for me to be like i had to find a good lesson like what inspires me to find like a lesson you got to dig really deep to find that stuff digging deep into yourself and my self-conscious right, my conscious brain and make my whole room smell like static electricity and then uh work through your trauma i think patrick had to work through his trauma with all this dodgeball situation he has <laughs> mine goes uh be kind to those around you because he people just bash on him for his art yeah it's messed up and then i have two other ones that kind of go hand in hand is everyone should be able to make art because I like, I do like that the comic book had that you, like, you send in your thing and we'll make it a song. You are a, a lyricist in this in this time. You don't need to be like a a composer as well. And then I also put make the art you want to hear, because Patrick liked it. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I, that's I also wrote my other little lesson was like, don't be afraid to pursue art, like unless you, like you think you're not good. So it's like all of that, like. I think there's a lot of fear and like pretenses that come with wanting to do any kind of artistic artistic stuff, but like you do it for yourself and who cares what everyone else thinks, right? Unless it's killing people (laughs) then maybe stop. Cocaine, cotton candy. Gotta make it happen. Joshy's place. Time for a Wumbo lesson. Probably gonna be a bat Wumbo lesson seeing how the rest of this episode has been so far, but those are sometimes the best lessons. Yeah, I had a hard time with mine. But, so I'm going to be honest with you, Josh. I did not really like this episode. Yeah. I think it had nice moments, very interesting moments. But overall, I was like, eh. I feel you like they put a, lot of, put a lot of their eggs in one basket with the first part, trying to make it like, oh, look how we're being used as like this cash cow and then kind of didn't even pay attention to the second part. Maybe that's what the second part was about though. Now that I'm saying this out loud, maybe that's why <laughs> they did it. Maybe that's why it's so f***ed up and random. They're just like, I could write a stupid f***ing song and still have an episode that children will watch and Nickelodeon will sell it. I literally, the moment you were talking about it, I also came to the I'm, same done. I'm not even going to do a Wumbo lesson this week. That's it. This is it. I don't think that we need to go into it because I think this is what this episode is about is how the animators and the creators of Nickelodeon or SpongeBob like literally just like I could put half bullshit effort into this and just create something out of nothing. All right. Yeah, like you don't care about my art. I'm going to make what, something that's <laughs> stupid and you're not going to say no to it because you are greedy capitalist motherfuckers Viacom and Nickelodeon. Yeah. God. Man. <laughs> We can still right, do one but lesson for you. Let's, yeah. yeah, let's be wholesome. <laughs> let's be wholesome. What is the one lesson we've learned uh, from SpongeBob? Why don't you go first? Mine was, and it kind of fitting with everything. <laughs> Sometimes you create something horrifying while trying to create something beautiful. 
that's uh, a <laughs> incredible incredible i just think it's important <laughs> for us to recognize that there are times in our lives where we can try really hard to do things mm-hmm. and we will fail and sometimes we will fail hard and it will be scary how hard it is and I, that's how i feel about act one they he tries so hard to make this you know crusty sponge and it's exactly what it sounds like a crusty sponge and it's very gross and people basically die and then same thing with patrick he tries to create a beautiful song because he wants to hear this music in the world and he makes something that everyone hates and almost destroys bikini bottom over it it just happens i don't think it happens often but i feel like a lot of people will make art that eventually will upset so many people that it's kind of like better if it didn't exist. Yeah. But it exists for the artist, not for everyone else. So that's how I feel about it. Mine kind of goes in hand with yours <laughs> that selfishness can like blind you to like the way you're hurting others and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so like I think and I, I kind of like this lesson when I wrote it down because both acts show it in a in a different kind of perspective. How the first act is very direct, like it's it's your it's a it's a, a blindness that you're aware of, like you're purposely being ignorant ignorant to the fact that you're hurting people. And like Mr. Krabs knew he was not doing good for SpongeBob. He always knows that his greed is not good, and he chose to continue to be selfish and take advantage of SpongeBob and to a bigger extent Squidward because the way that episode, yeah, I'm still end. really fucked up by how that episode ended. And then like. Patrick's selfishness like because he really liked this song he really wanted this song to be popular and like happen like I think he was he was on the opposite end where he was hurting people with his selfishness but he was kind of blind to it in more of a like innocent kind of way where he didn't really Mm -hmm. realize you know he's just too dumb to see it but it's kind of like what you're saying like sometimes you just make stuff or you just do stuff or you know uh, and it just like those little selfish acts can you don't always realize how like hurtful they could be to people or whatever and sometimes you just got to take like a step back to kind of see how what you're doing whatever you're saying whatever you're making like couldn't be hurting people that's hard it could be hard to do yeah on a lighter note i think it like relates to meme culture too yeah like sometimes you make a meme and you're like oh this is very like hilarious but then it it's over someone's entire life well i think on a any like in the same hand with that, I think a, a more popular uh, example of that now is like tweets. I think people make tweets that they think are funny all the time, and especially celebrities, and it backfires on them. Like mm-hmm. they'll say one thing that's wrong, and then like it does backfire because they thought it was funny at the time, and they didn't realize like, yeah, this is actually problematic. You know. Boom. Even with this crazy bull. <laughs> uh, I, what Josh and I consider a fuck you to Nickelodeon uh, <laughs> episode, a very poignant, yeah, very, and, uh, very uh, something, something while you're driving in your car right now or wherever the hell you are, staring off into the abyss. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can you can digest that and take it home. Yeah, that's what we're here for. Give me those little little nuggets, baby. Anyways, thank you so much for listening this week. And if you want to send us anything like comments, suggestions, or some derogatory remarks, please reach out to us on ismazepodcast.com or email us at ismazepodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on all of our social media sites, especially on Instagram, and be sure to share with your friends and enemies and comment where you can. So Josh, uh, since it is close to Christmas, mm-hmm. I want to get I wanted to get you an early Christmas gift. Oh, you didn't have to do that. Yeah. Um, your presence you actually... is a gift enough. Aw, thank you. You don't have to lie to me that way. <laughs> uh, but what you can do 
is on your desk right now, yeah. hidden under your keyboard. Uh-huh. I, I went into your house last night and I hid it there. Oh, God. Oh, it's cute when Santa does it, but it's weird when I do it. Okay, I see I'm just it scared for what you saw in here. <laughs> okay, got it. That's true. I was a little frightened. Uh, under your keyboard are some x-ray specs. Oh, nice. So, you mind if I try uh, them out? Yeah, let's try them out. Okay. I think we should both look into the mirror and we can see... Uh, we can see <laughs> our true selves. Oh, you got yourself some too? Yeah, of course. Oh, nice. Like, we got a matching pair. I didn't even know you like, can even do that. Wow. Okay. Two, two for one. Nice. Love it. All right. Yeah. If we can look into a mirror, I can see how all these work. I've always wondered what to see, like, what it looks like beneath my skin. All right. Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Oh, man. You could just see through my clothes. Blech! 